after almost a month away, mixed martial art is finally back in your life as the UFC returned uh, Saturday night with a card. Ads did KSW. I'll run through the results of that in a second. But I came on here today um, uh, rather than, you know, maybe maybe look forward or maybe, uh, you know, do an interview or do something else on, on this show today. Uh, I wanted to just talk about the break, kind of what it's meant and a few things that happened on Saturday night as well and maybe uh, <laughs> why Saturday night was maybe a little bit different from other nights we have in mixed martial arts because I was talking to a few people directly after the card and, and doing a couple of podcasts and things like that and I think the, the, the kind of the general consensus was that like it was a card that maybe wasn't the best card in the world with maybe none of the best fights in the world, but we all seem to enjoy it a little bit more than maybe we we, uh, we normally would have because um, there was such a break. You know, we'd almost, what was it, four weeks away. Um, we were wanting mixed martial arts. People were absolutely dying for it. And I know, look, people covering the sport, we, we need a break. We Absolutely, we need maybe this twice a year. And I think the coverage would be a lot better. We'd be a lot happier. wouldn't be giving out as much as we as we seem to do a, a little bit. Although my, my Sherlock stuff, people say it's like the most positive stuff I've done. So that that's good. I, I like a bit of positivity. I don't like to be given out all the time. But fans, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this as well, were dying for MMA. Like on Saturday nights, especially at this time, uh, of the of the the world, I suppose, with the pandemic and everything that here in Ireland as well, especially things are closing at eight o'clock. So it's not like you're missing out on a night out or going out for dinner or going out to the cinema or something. Everything's fucking closed here, and I'm look. I'm sure there's certain parts of the world are the same or are just difficult to get the places, even if they're not closed down. So having the fights to to either come home to after a, a day out uh, or here watch, you know, nearly after a night out, if, if it was possible to have one here, were great and people kind of loved that and it was their it was their Saturday night routine to watch the fights and and you know relax and have maybe their few drinks and order a pizza and something like that and not having that for a month is tough you know it's a tough time of the year as well for people over Christmas with their you know with their mental health and with different things and you know to take away that you know that that routine wasn't you know, I'm sure some people they struggled with it, and I, and I've great uh, I've great sympathy for those people. But we're back now. We're back, and uh, you know, as I said, uh, stealing the phrase from my good friend Ariel, that makes martial arts is back in our life, and it certainly was uh, back last night. And you know, the, another reason I think why that sort of break is good is because it makes us want to see these cards. It makes us really anticipated, like we've n- we'd never anticipate a fight night like this usually. Now, I think. Me- <laughs> And I, I, it's hard to say this, but maybe they missed the beat by not putting UFC 270 as the first card. And I know there's logistics and everything's like that, but imagine if on Saturday night we had Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gagne as the first fight back in the main event and we had the flyaway title and we had Taporia and all of that coming up. I'll have a preview of those top two fights, especially coming out here uh, in the next couple of days on Sherdog as well. So look out for that. But imagine if that was the first card back, what the anticipation levels would have been. I actually think it would have added some buys to the pay-per-view as well from the UFC's point of view but alas that didn't happen I think that was a big thing as well I remember speaking about it in one of the first podcasts I did here uh, or videos even on, on Sherdog about Bellator when they came back after the pandemic they were on it's such a long time out and then they came back with a kind of an average card with I think one good fight atop of it and then maybe two cards later they had this stacked really really good card so 
I think they kind of missed the beat in that as well. And I think the UFC maybe missed a little bit of a beat, uh, not putting on a, a better or a higher level card for the first uh, one back and instead leaving it for the for the second one back. But uh, we, look, I shall digress on, the, on that one as well. It's it's done now. And uh, and, and that's the way uh, that's the way it happened. I want to talk about a few people on the card. I want to talk a little bit about the main event. Uh, but the first person I want to talk about here is uh, Vlyoslav Boroshev. Now, maybe I, I hope I pronounced his name correctly because it's a name we're going to have to learn. It's a name we're going to have to remember because for me, and maybe it's the first card of the year, maybe it's Happy Shani <laughs> watching this card and getting taken away, but I think this guy ha is championship material. I think this guy has it all. I think he is... Uh, look, seven fights in, and he's six and one, so he has lost. It's not like he's invincible or anything like that. But looking at his game, I think he he can go right to the very top. To steal a phrase from uh, from Harry Redknapp, talking talking about his nephew, he can go right to the very top. Um, now it's not easier. It's easier said than done to do that. Everything has to go right for him. He has to, you know, he has to have the mindset. He has to have the physicality, the 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 body, the injury record, and all to get there. But I. I think, having watched him now twice, which is probably not enough, but I, I think he's one of those guys that stands out to me. He's like, this guy could be a, a, huge, a UFC champion in, in the in the future. And I, I say that because I, the last time I watched him was on the Contender Series. And now I am, people probably know I'm over here in Ireland. And I'm not watching the Contender Series every week. It's on. My life is already wrecked enough with the Saturday night set up until 7 a.m. So to stay up until like 4 a.m. on a Tuesday night, it's just, it's just not happening. But Chris Duncan fought Boroshev on the Contender Series. And Chris Duncan, obviously from Scotland, here uh, close enough to my part of the world. Uh, I wanted to keep an eye on him. I wanted to see his fight. I've watched all of his fights in on the, the local scene here. And he was in Bellator and other places. Um, and I, I, I think a lot of him, I think he's a really, really good fighter. So I tuned in for his fight. Um, and he fought Boroshev. And it was very unlucky for him to come up against someone like Boroshev. Because it was... It, it was a beatdown. You know, it was a real beatdown. Boroshev just beat him from pillar to post. Um, you know, bloodied him up and absolutely destroyed him. And I thought from that point on, ooh, this is the guy you need to, to think about. This is the guy you need to keep an eye on. And he kind of crept up on me uh, on this card as well. Because, I hadn't, look, I hadn't delved into this card too much. I was still on kind of holiday mode until <laughs> until late, late last week. So uh, it was on those cards. <laughs> I kind of just showed up to uh, and, and watched it and enjoyed and then I was like, oh, one of my friends, Ian, actually uh, mentioned it to me. Boroshev is on this card. That's the guy that breathed Chris Duncan. And the second I heard that, I was like, oh, okay. Dakota Bush is a good fighter. You know, Dakota Bush is, what, 11, 12 fights coming into this. Really, really, you know, solid fighter. And he looked good in the start of this fight. He was landing shots. He got the fight to the ground. Looked good. Put up a good, good test against Boroshev. But there was a point in that fight, and it only went, what, three minutes, 47 seconds. There was a point in that fight where Dakota Bush was throwing shots and landing a few of them. And they weren't having that much of an effect. And you could just see that Boroshev was going to land one, you know. And luckily enough for the Dakota Bush, it ended up on the ground. But when it got back up on the feet, and I thought Boroshev... I thought he looked good on the ground. Um, I thought he didn't panic for any such any time in and in art in any situation. I thought uh, he defended really, really well. He managed to get himself out of everything, and did and did really, really well. So if that's a worry, maybe about his ground game or something like that, um, I, I I don't I, look. 
going forward we'll see but uh, on Saturday night I thought he, he did really really well um, and once he got back to the feet he was just devastating that body shot people are calling it a liver shot I think I think it was maybe people disagree with me people obviously know a lot, a lot more about the, the human anatomy than me but to me it looked a little bit higher I think it looked ribs it was a rib crusher I think more than a, than a liver shot and it was one of those ones as well did you ever see there was a, the famous one uh, Ricky Hatton back in the day when he went up and he's uh, up in weight class I believe I can't remember who exactly what he fought but people will probably be able to tell you in the comment section hit him with a, a liver shot the left hook I believe and it just you take you know you get hit once and then you take that knee and you go down we've seen it throughout the years you know with different you know different people even Charles Oliveira it happened to him a couple of times back in the day and Cerrone and things you you kind of see the grimace on their face they're seeing like oh I don't want to do this you see him holding their body and then they go down you know that is that is the usual thing we always see in boxing and in MMA this one you didn't see that you saw the shot going in and you saw the guy on the ground with his head smashing off the canvas you know, this halved Dakota Bush. It really, really halved him. And there was nothing he could do. There was no reaction. It was just immediate. The body just gave up on him immediately. And that's absolutely nothing against Dakota Bush. He couldn't do anything about it. He literally couldn't do anything about it. It isn't a case of toughness or fighting through it or anything. There was no fighting through this. It was such a monumental shot. He absolutely, you know, cut him in two. And that was it. And... When you have power like that, when your ground game looks as good as it is, when you control all different types of shots, and he seems to be a bit of a pers personality as well, which absolutely matters in mixed martial arts. I think Vlyashev, Boroshev, Vyashlav, Boroshev. We'll have to learn it. Vlyashlav, Boroshev. Let's learn that name. Bar Slav. Let's just call him Slav. He calls himself, uh, what is it, Slav at Christmas, or, you know, I don't know what it is, but uh, Boroshev. This guy... This guy, if you didn't see the fights on, on Saturday night, if you didn't catch the undercard, this or which is actually the first fight in the main card, the second fight in the main card, this guy is definitely one, I think, to uh, to keep an eye on. Really, you know, really, really top talent. Really good. Um, right. To, so I, I, we'll drop back to the UFC in a second. Uh, but while I'm on mispronouncing names, KSW had a card as well. And I'm actually just kind of catching up with it here at the moment. But the two main events, uh, the two, the co-main event and the main event, both for the, the titles in the main event, uh, Marcin Ziowski, uh won a unanimous decision against Boris Mankowski. Uh, was even gone into the fifth round, I believe. And Marcin was, ended up getting the fifth round. Uh, and retaining his title but Thomas Narcoon in the co-main event ended up losing his title as I mentioned on the preview show Narcoon um, was the uh, the winningest if to steal a terrible American phrase uh, KSW champion he defended his title more than anyone else at the moment anyway in KSW uh, and he ended up losing a unanimous decision to Ibrahim uh, Shuzgaev um, Similar start to fight as well. I think Shugai have won a, a couple of the last rounds uh, to win the decision there, and I don't think there was any uh, there was any controversy or anything there. I think a lot of people uh, had it scored that way. So uh, very interesting one there. Uh, one of my bets of the week was Mikhail Materla. He ended up getting the finish over Jason Radcliffe. If anyone hasn't seen it, I actually tweeted it out. Hit him a beautiful right hand over the top. Um, and ended up finishing Radcliffe with a bit of ground and pound. So Maturla returning to KSW, he's a guy who I'm sure could be getting a title 
Shad at 185 or elsewhere uh, in the next uh, in the next few uh, few fights. So I'm looking forward to seeing um, seeing where he uh, where he goes from here. Always fun to watch him. Then the Rakowski brothers, as I gave as well, uh, Sebastian beat Nicholas Backstrom and Donovan Desme beat Lucas Rakowski. Uh, so good to see Desme getting a win there as well. He came over from um, Cage Warriors, lost one fight, and a lot of people were like, oh, we're a little bit surprised because I thought he'd won the Cage Warriors uh, lightweight title against Aggie Sardari um, and a very, very close decision. That one, I think it could have go, gone either way. Uh, but, you know, after two losses in a row, I think he's a better fighter than that. And then he's bounced back here. You know, he, his record is 15-7 and seven now, I believe. Like, that could easily be 17-5, and five, which looks a little bit different, but still a very good record and still a very, very good fighter. He got the submission in the second round here against Lucas Rakowski. So a mixed, uh, a mixed night for the... Um, for the Rakowski brothers there, but as always from KSW, putting on big fights and putting on even fights as well that you don't know, you don't know who's going to win in them, uh, and, uh, and that's the way it turned out again on uh, on Saturday night. So very good stuff there from KSW. Uh, looking forward to their uh, upcoming uh, upcoming events and upcoming cards as well. Seeing what's going to happen with um uh, with the you know the, the champions here on this one and, and seeing what's going to happen with, with the others as well over the over the next while. KS our cage uh, riders as well. Just a quick update. They're coming back. Um, not too far away now. They're having like a a featherweight card, as I kind of suggested over on uh, uh, over on Twitter, and their matchmaker Ian Dean kind of was like, "Yeah, well, I'd love to do that because in the main event you have the uh, interim champion Paul Hughes from here in Ireland taking on uh, Vucinic in the uh, main event in a big rematch. Who Vucinic is the is the champion, and he got injured before his fight with Morgan Charrier uh, late last year. Hughes stepped in, so they will be unifying those titles. Then James Hinden, another featherweight. Uh, is fighting underneath that and Tobias Herrilla as well has a big fight as well at Ferroware uh, and I think he will be probably the next challenger unless Charrier uh, has something to say about that uh, to that title so a very very interesting card wise matchmaking to kind of line all of them up and line the next challengers up under the uh, under the two champions so I'm really really looking forward to Cage Warriors getting back as well hopefully we see you know the likes of Joe McCulgan back as well and the other Irish guys and the other champions as well because it's a uh, it's a big year I think for Cage Warriors they're on about coming back to Ireland hopefully the restrictions uh, lift here and uh, Bellator will be back as well towards the end of the, the next month if the restrictions lift again but uh, we will uh, we'll digress on that we'll talk about that again soon but just to pop back to uh, to the UFC one person I wanted to mention before talking about the, the main event just to, to wrap up kind of the, the weekend I think Caitlin Chukagan maybe deserves a little bit more respect from all of us what, what do you think like, like, it, it just feels like Sometimes we, we look at Chukagan and look, we all do it. We're like, oh, Chukagan by decision. We knew it was going to happen. Everyone knew it was going to happen. But the fact that everyone knew it's going to happen makes Caitlin Chukagan a pretty good fighter. Like, it, it's it's a weird situation because the, the gap between Valentina Shevchenko and everyone else is massive. But the weird thing is, there's if you take Valentina Shevchenko out, the gap between Caitlin Chukagan and almost everyone else is there as well. Now, maybe it's not massive, and maybe, she, like, if she was the champion, maybe she wouldn't be a dominant champion or anything like that if Shevchenko wasn't around. But, and, you know, obviously she lost to Andrade, but most people, so I said it last night, debt, taxes, and Caitlin Chukagan beating anyone from number four and down by decision. 
you can't sniff at that. Like, that deserves respect. Okay, she might be the most exciting fighter in the world. She might be a big finisher. We might know that she's not going to win the title as long as Shevchenko is there. Fine. But that doesn't mean you can't be a good fighter. Look at look at Court McGee as well on this card. And now he's a, a very much a lower level. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not equating them in terms of level. Uh, but if you look at Court McGee and level in the division, if you know what I mean, not level in terms of fighting ability. But if you look at Court McGee, right, Court McGee is never going to be ranked. He's never going to fight for a title. He's never going to be a top five. None of that. But you can still respect Court McGee as a fighter. You can still respect what he goes out and produces. You can still respect what, where he is and the place he has in the division. You, I think you absolutely can. And even down through the years, guys say like Joe Lozon and others uh, in the divisions who are never going to get to, to the title uh, picture. But I think who we can have a lot of respect for. Now, Caitlin Chukagan is in a weird position because maybe she was lower down and out of the rankings or something, and it was a bigger division, and she put as tough a test on people as she does. Maybe she'd get a little bit more respect. The fact that she's towards the top of the division, and we kind of know she has met her ceiling while Shevchenko is there anyway, we, we kind of treat her with like a little bit of, of disrespect maybe in some ways. And I don't, I don't think she deserves that. Like, it's not easy to go in there and win UFC fights over and over and over again. Her record, I'm looking at here, 17 and 4. That's a fantastic record, when, considering she's been fighting in the UFC for years now. Uh, she's joined with Valentina Shashinko now for the most wins in that 125 pound division and absolutely look it's not the strongest division in the world or anything like that and there's lot, look there's lots of things there's lots of things you can say lots of excuses you can make but at the end of the day she's gone in there she's winning fights she's dominating most people she fights and she's doing it over and over and over and consistently again and if that isn't worthy of respect I don't know what is I don't know what is so you know we could talk we can joke about Kaylin Chukagan we can call her a, t- a tennis player and all that but at the end of the day, she's gone in there, she's doing her job, and she's doing it very well. Very, very well. And uh, if you can't have respect for that, you know, I, I don't know what you can have respect for. But anyway, I digress. Um, the main event. Right. I, I Look, this main event will be broken down everywhere, so I won't go on uh, a big long rant or, or a soliloquy about this main event. But, <coughs> sorry, I'm, I'm still getting over this cough. Um to me, this, look, it's one of those fights where I think a lot of people watching the fight live and for the days after are going to be talking about this as like a great, great fight. And maybe even if they, we come to the end of the year and you have your list, if you're starting your list now for your awards, maybe put, people will put this on and it's, it sounds like a joke, but they'll put it down as a fight of the year contender. I know it's, there's only been one fight this year, basically, that's been any good, but you know what I mean. Cards in the year, if we're looking, and if you keep your list, which I never do, uh, this, this will be on these lists, I bet you. But it, it, it shouldn't be, I don't think. I, I don't think it should be. No, not to say it wasn't a good fight, but it was so one-sided that... I don't think it can be a great fight. And I, I've said that in p- the past before. I said it with Cater versus Max Holloway as well. So it's not, I'm not picking on Cater or anything like that. It's, and I've said it with other fights as well. I don't think they can be great. Now, the Cater-Max Holloway fight, I remember saying after that one, you can call this one of the greatest performances in UFC history by Max Holloway. Absolutely. But to call it one of the greatest fights, that's just not right, I don't think. I just don't think it's right. And this, when it comes to the end of the year, maybe, well, maybe it is. We don't know what's coming, but I don't think it should be in the discussion for fight of the year. Very good fight. Don't get me wrong. And now that might sound like I'm being a little bit negative on the, this fight. So I'll, I'll turn around and talk about the actual fight itself. I thought I, I, it was a very good fight. It was a very good fight. Don't get me wrong. <coughs> I thought 
Look, for Cater to, to come out and perform the way he did after the hellacious beating he took, uh, as uh, as I previously mentioned, against Max Holloway, was insane. It was actually insane for someone to, to fight like that. And, you know, Mar- um, Mark Romandi tweeted out that his coach at um, uh, Chartier, I'm going to give him the, the French pronunciation as well, like Chartier, uh, kept him out of the gym for a couple of months after that, that, that beat down by Max Holloway, you know, let him revitalize his body and brain and then come back in and train again. And I think that's fantastic. And that's not something that is easy to do, but it's also something that is uh, planned. And it's something that gets you a win like this, you know? And we have to give great credit for that. If someone went away and they trained wrestling for for six months and they came out and they wrestled someone, we gave them great credit for it. Why not give someone credit for protecting themselves and, you know, making themselves the best fighter they can be to fight their next fight? And also as well, I think a big thing is the confidence. Because we see a lot of fight. Look, look at Francis Ngannou when he lost to Stipe uh, in, in their first fight. The next fight he came out against Derek Lewis and he couldn't draw a punch. You know, he just didn't have the confidence anymore. Now, thankfully for everyone, that came back. And, you know, we'll see it again next weekend. But it's not easy to come out and be a confident fighter again. You could say that a little bit with McGregor after some of his losses. He, he hasn't been maybe a sa- the same confident fighter that made him a special fighter anymore. It's not that easy to be confident when you take such a beating. But Cater came out here, and okay, maybe not at the very start, but from minute maybe three or four on, once he got that takedown, maybe it was a little bit earlier, I'm not sure, um, he looked confident, and he looked really good. And that's a big mental hurdle to get over. And the physical hurdle, he already got over, uh, you know, by taking a couple of months off. But the physical hurdle in the fight, he got over as well. And that's fantastic. So, you know, we could probably everyone talk about the X's and O's. I'll mention a bit of it here maybe in a second. But that point of view, from the mental point of view from Cater, and also, he said after the fight, uh, people wrote me off coming into this fight, and, you know, I proved them all wrong. Now, usually when fighters say that, it's it's BS, you know. It's 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 not true. People, you know, it might have been a fifty fifty fight. He probably saw like, you know, five people on on Sherlock here or MMA Junkie or somewhere picking against him. He's like, I'm everyone's writing me off, even though twelve picked him to win, you know. But <laughs> that that's the way fighters work. But this fight, people were writing him off. This this was like, oh, it's the first fight of the year, you know. Oh, yeah, should Giga win that? Why aren't they waiting to give Giga the title shot? To I did it myself. I'm not, it's, I'm not blaming other people or anything. I've, I, lots of people, most people, I think, did it. Writing him off, completely writing him off, um, and he showed them, and that can't be easy as well, you know. I may, and look, maybe it helped. May, maybe it helps a mindset like that. It's like, well, I'm going to prove these fuckers wrong, and that he absolutely did. And I think the way he did, look. You, you can talk about what happened to Giga. He had a big strapping on his left ankle. I wonder if he come in with an injury. I wonder, was he able to train properly with that injury because his cardio kind of died a death in the second round. Um, and he, he kind of... Sometimes fighters revert to type. You know, if it's a wrestler, they'll just start wrestling. He just started jabbing. He was like a robot, just jab, 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 jab. And there was a, um, about a 90-second, maybe two-minute period in the middle of that second round, where he was actually winning that period, maybe not winning the round, but winning that period of the fight with that jab. But you could see that it really wa- hadn't much pop and it really wasn't doing much uh, to to Cater, whereas Cater shots were doing a, a lot more to him. 
Uh, but it was just like his natural base instinct, I think, to do that. And it worked really well for him. But then towards the end of that second round, he was just so tired. I just didn't, don't think he could do any more. And from that point on, I think there was maybe three big shots that he landed throughout the fight um, for the next three and a half rounds. Uh, and the fifth round where he came out and for maybe the first minute, he looked like he could do stuff. But there was a body lock at one stage and he just looked so, so tired again. But... Look, the takedown from Cater in the first round absolutely changed that fight. Took the cardio away from him, and there was there was kind of no coming back from it. But look, I think if I was to kind of sum up this weekend and 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 this fight, it would be like to not write people like this off. Even even Hugh Gagan as well. Don't write her off. You know, don't write her off. You never know what's going to happen with Shevchenko and others like that. For Cater, something we always do, and it's weird because we—I don't think we actually did it right after the Holloway fight. Everyone kind of praised Holloway and said, "Look, Cater will be back." And then by the time this fight came over, we're like, "Well, Cater got destroyed in his last fight. Geek is really good. He's probably going to finish him." I, I, I picked him to finish him, and how wrong I was! How wrong I was! And fair play to Calvin Cater, uh, he absolutely uh, deserves all the adulation that uh, that he's going to uh, that he's going to get this week for uh, for a fantastic performance, and uh, it'll uh, give us a little bit of pause as we go forward into our next picks and into our the next fights to uh, to be careful about who we're picking, not right lads off because they had a uh, they had one maybe bad performance or they came up against one guy who is just uh, very very legit and look the same could be said for uh, for Giga coming uh, coming forward and going into his uh, his next couple of fights so uh, right I believe it there I've, I've gone on for long enough appreciate everyone who has watched happy new year to everyone uh, if you could please give it a thumbs up please keep, click subscribe uh, to Sherdog and visit the brand new Sherdog.com as well it looks absolutely fantastic my name is Sean G and for Sherdog.com and I'll see you all next time.